Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Raising Education. Today I have three special guests with us, um, Carly and Adam Spiker and Dr. Alondra D. Knapper. And today's episode is called How to Move Forward When Making a Mistake with Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Um, So for this one, I want to give you guys a little bit of background about kind of how this episode uh, came to be. Most of us know with the death of George Floyd, there has been an increased heightened sense of like, we have to be equitable, we have to be diverse, we have to have a sense of justice. And so now like everything is being looked under um, a microscope. And so one day I was just online on the internet, just kind of minding my own business. And I came across uh, a STEM teacher summit. Most of you guys know I um, am a huge fan of the STEM Connection. I used to be on the board for three years, and I my sons attend programming at the STEM Connection. So I, I not only promote it as a former board member, but I promote it as a parent that is willing to put my kids into the work, and they're still participating, even though I'm not on the board. And so when I saw the STEM teacher summary on Facebook, I'm like, this is just Facebook algorithm. They know I'm in the STEM. I say stuff about STEM all the time. This is why this summit uh, came across my page. But the thing that stood out to me was like all the faces were white. And I didn't think much about it. I saw it on Facebook and I just kept it moving. But as most of you guys know, I have a life on Twitter. I go to Twitter and it was just like this whole other beast. It was like, you know, this is hashtag so white. Where are the faces of color? And it just got really nasty. And of course, because I talk a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion, people ask my opinion about it. And I was just like, you know, this is not surprising. I said something like that. This is not surprising. This is kind of what happens in this work, you know, like keep it moving. And then I was private messages to say, well, hey, you should write about this. And I'm like, well, I could. And I have like a whole journal of topics I write about. And a lot of them never see the light of day. So I have a running log. So I wrote this down. I said, oh, I could write about like, you know, teachers need to see themselves. Representation matters, all that stuff. I had like my bullet points and I didn't think much about it. And then the next thing I noticed was that the presenters changed. So like it went from being all white presenters it went to being presenters of different backgrounds. And so when I went back to look at my journal, I'm like, I don't know really what I want to write about this now. And then at this point in time, I had written other stuff. I'm like, oh, I won't worry about it. Fast forward <laughs> a few months later, the STEM Summit happens and I get an Instagram request from Carly and Adam. And I'm like, is this the same Carly and Adam from like earlier? So I look back, I'm like, these are the same people. So we end up connecting and interestingly enough, um, they are here in Indiana. They're here in Indianapolis. And I had no clue. So when I was like following this, I thought they were like people far away <laughs> from here. I'm like, oh, no, they're like in my backyard and even a closer connection. The school I currently work at, Carly used to work at. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like the circle is so small. So I was like, wow. And so I said, hey. And then, of course, I'm like this person on the Internet, like they don't really know. And I'm like, hey, can I talk to you about what happened? And <laughs> so we kind of chatted and then we decided that it would be important to bring on someone that decided after the controversy to kind of jump on and participate in the summit. So that's kind of the background. And so I want to turn it over to Carly and Adam. And can you guys kind of tell from your perspective, like the story of what happened? 
how how far back do you want us to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. What, so, what was your thought when it came to like the summit? You're sitting there, the pandemic's happening, and one of the things that stood out to me about your summit was like, I know PD is canceled, but we have this for you. That was the thing that actually got my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of start from there. So we actually were planning on doing this. We have a friend who is a instructional coach and she has done summits before for instructional coaches. And she's been telling us for the past year, like you guys need to do a summit, you need to do a summit. And so we actually decided to do the summit before the pandemic hit, which was very fortunate for us that the timing kind of worked out um, for that. And I had obviously never put together a summit. I've created, we create standard curriculum. Um, And that's kind of, we do that full time now. I was a third grade teacher at the school that Shantae is working at currently. (laughs) Um, um, But for the past couple of years, we've been designing STEM curriculum and then just decided this year to kind of transition into the STEM PD space. So me being a newbie to putting together a conference, I just didn't really have very many connections. I kind of just reached out to people I saw on Twitter who were STEM authors. I listened to a couple um, STEM podcast. I kind of listened to who their guests were on there, um, and then pulled fe- people from there that um, I kind of connected with. Um, and just being kind of in, in ignorance, I guess, didn't really think about like who all these people were that I was following on Twitter um, until it kind of got to the point that I'd already brought in all these people. That by the time it was brought to my attention, that it was like, oh, this is all white. Um, it just kind of was there and kind of, yeah. It was like, it was like, we spent all this time doing all the planning and technical stuff. And it was like, we just completely overlooked like that on our radar. And that was a huge mistake on our part. And I think just like we had the, the other person who helped us do this had kind of hinted at it. Like, Hey, you might just want to put somebody on there, uh, just, so that people won't attack you or whatever. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to put like a token mm-hmm. person on there. Like that doesn't that seem didn't right. sit right to me. And, that right. and so to have however many, you know, 15 white people and then add one person of color. Mm-hmm. And then from talking to my friend who puts on the summits, who is a black woman and she was recently decided not to be part of a conference, but they still put her picture up there kind of like so like that kind of gives me a bad taste in my mouth too that that's not the right way to go about it so in a way we're glad that it happened because it's not just like oh i should have somebody of color up there to have somebody of color so i don't get backlash like that's not what it's about and so Mm -hmm. i'm grateful um i love um dr napper's like tagline for her curriculum is like science looks like me and we I feel like have tried, I mean, I have worked in a school with children of color for the majority of my experience. I feel like we try as much as possible to build curriculum, to build curriculum like that. But I just didn't make the connection that like, oh, PD should look like me too. Mm -hmm. And kind of examining, it's really forced me to examine like, well, who am I learning with? Like, who are my STEM role models that I'm reading from and learning from? Um, and just want to challenge those that are listening to kind of reflect on like when you scroll through your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, you know, what do those people look like who you're following? Who are you learning from? Who are you reading? Um, and it, it does matter and representation does matter. And I just, I mean, at the conference, um, Dr. Napper did a fabulous job inter- interviewing some um, mm-hmm. amazing 
um, just trailblazers in STEM. And one of them um, worked on um, one of the the Disney movies, The Princess, uh, Princess Tiana. Yeah. And just growing up, like me, I just didn't think about it. Like, oh, I had all these Disney princesses that looked like me. And I just never had to think about like, oh, I could be, you know, Belle, I could be, um, you know, Sleeping Beauty, I could be Cinderella. And I just didn't reflect like, well, how do those other girls out there feel who don't see themselves mm -hmm. in those movies, don't see themselves, um, don't have those role models to look up to. So yeah, and I, th I think another thing that we just didn't think about, it was like, oh, yeah, we didn't want to like fall into tokenism and like <laughs> that kind of thing. And, and it was like, but we didn't value the perspective of, okay, people of different ethnicities have really valuable information to share with everyone because we're teaching people of different ethnicities or we're in different environments. And just like, there's unique perspectives out there that we, it should have, we should have been like, that's what we need to be going for because educators need to hear voices of different people. And we completely missed the mark there. And so it comes to in the middle of COVID, this was like our first weekend break that we finally left our house. We've been quarantined and this something shows up on Twitter. Somebody says, Oh, you know, look at this people. I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. Block them. <laughs> and that was not the right answer. And uh, we quickly learned that. Was Us not being naive to Twitter too. I've never used Twitter before in my life. I didn't realize that then people will screenshot you, tag you, and then tag all their friends who will then tag you. And so then it just multiplies that there were like two days straight of just Comment. And so it was like, you know what? It wasn't a convenient time for us to talk about it, but like we need to move beyond that. It's like, you know what? There's, we need to talk about stuff when it needs to be talked about, not when yeah. it's convenient for us. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. Um, yeah. One of the things that really hit me that one of our presenters, when I was talking to her, and I know, um, Shantae, you talked about this maybe during your last episode that like, you know, people will tell you like, oh, that's not the right way to go about it. Um, and I was trying to explain to her, like, I appreciate how she does go about it um, and not knowing exactly how to communicate, you know, like you're doing it the right way and other people do it the wrong way. But I like how she said, you know, like I try to communicate that there's like an urgency. Like when I talk about like race, it's like there is grace, you know, and there like we do need to move forward. But then there's also still like this urgency piece, like just because there's grace doesn't mean that this isn't urgent. And that really like resonated with me how she yeah. that. Dr. Knapper, can you talk a little bit about, so like this controversy is happening, right? Like with Carly and Adam, like they said, like, and that was so welcoming to Twitter to get on Twitter for the first time and then have this whole thing happen. And, and cause I actually saw the screenshots when they were taking this, like when you guys had started blocking people, I saw the screenshots of saying, oh, they blocked me. And so, it, uh -oh. so that came a whole separate stream. And yeah. so like, and then I also saw your apology because then you guys came on and apologized and said like, hey, you know, you guys are people have recommended books. We're reading these books. We're listening to this stuff. We're going to do better and we're opening up. And so, Dr. Alondra, we, I'm sure you knew a little bit about this controversy. So how do you feel about like now being like a person of color saying, you know, I'm going to be one of these people that's going to go and be a presenter despite everything that happened. So can you talk a little bit about that? So first of all, I have to say that I have the utmost respect for Carly and Adam and not just because they brought me on as a presenter, but that they brought me that they recognized that there was a missing piece in their Jahari window. 
So, you know, we can look inside of ourselves and see what we think we see, what we know. Then you've got some people who can look outside and see what they know, what they know. But there's always blind spots. All of us have them. All of us have them. And, and what I loved about what Carly and Adam did is, yes, at first it's going to hurt. And I told Carly that, yeah, it's going to hurt. You know, you know, the people coming back, people can say some not nice things. I said, that's human nature, unfortunately. But what I liked about what they did was is that they didn't go back into their turtle shell and pull all their balls back in and their stem apparatuses and said, we're just not going to do it. They didn't do that. They stepped back, they analyzed it and said, hey, wait a minute, we did miss it. We did miss it. And and so that's what uh, made me want to be a part of what they were doing. Because um, a, a friend of mine and a, a colleague, Dr. Marquita Blades, uh, we were all in the class together and we were talking about it. We were all talking about it because all of us in our group, we are STEM educators. Not only are we STEM educators, we're female STEM educators, which is not that many. Then we are African-American STEM educators. That, that lowers it down even more. So here, here we are talking about it, and we could speak to both sides. You know, We were like, well, we totally understand why they had the lineup that they had up. Because from us living in uh, America, in this society, that our, our black and brown people are marginalized. They are sometimes not always included, not sometimes, a lot of times, because I say it like this with no defense, the default race in America is white, you know? So it's just like when I cut on my computer, there's a default operation setting in my computer, right? Well, in this world, the default setting is white. Now, if you realize it or you don't realize it, it's there. But what you have to do is when it's put in front of your face, just like what happened to Carly and Adam, you have two decisions to make. You can decide to go with it, push through it, recognize, hey, we missed it. Now, what are we going to do about it? OK. Or the second one is forget them. Whoever's going to come is going to come. I'm not going to worry about them. But what Carly and Adam did was say, we missed this. What should we do? We recognize this. And I'm going to tell you something. And please forgive me if, if I mix in church and state. But I have to say, when you have faith and you do what's right and you're doing it from the right heart, those that are going to come along beside you are going to come anyway. And those that don't and mean you no or mean you harm won't. So I told Carly and Adam, those that still don't stick with you after you have recognize what happened, that you're going to persevere through what happened, and they still don't want to come along, guess what? It's okay. That's not your tribe. And your vibe is going to attract your tribe. So for every one of those people who got angry or mad, tell them thank you, because now you know what people think. And, 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 and as an educator, and as a, I'm a very analytical person, I love to take stuff like that and say, oh, okay, now I know what I'm working with. That's all. But they did shift, and I call that shifting and pivoting. We have to shift and pivot. The problem comes is when we don't have someone like Carly and Adam or other groups that have the platform that they have, that have the audience, and yes, 
have the privilege. They don't use it. And we need more people to be allies in this work, especially when it comes to since since our field is education, we need allies in this work. It can't be, oh, there are no uh, Hispanic teachers of color. I don't have friends that are Hispanic teachers of color. Oh, well. No. What it does is it makes your work be that more succinct and that more purposeful in that. I'm going to find that person because we are here. We are here and we want to help. We want to be a part and be in spaces because we want all children. Let me say this before I go, because I can talk, talk, talk. And Carly and Adam know it. The, the, having uh, representation matters is not just for the black kid. It's not just for the white kid. It's not just for the Chinese kid or the uh, Hispanic kid. It is for every child because white children need to see black children and black people and Chinese people and Hispanic people that they do things too. I think sometimes we see it one-sided, you know, because we don't see it for black and white. It's deeper than that. Our white children need to see, hey, there are some awesome dynamic scientists, engineers, teachers, educators from everywhere, from all ethnicities. And it will make your life and your thinking so that much richer because you have allowed these people in your life and in your space. We bring the flavor, as I used to say, you know, and, and all of us bring our flavor. You may bring the pepper, the salt, or the Tabasco sauce, but all of that makes something good, right? And that's what this did. Uh, it was an awesome dynamic experience. And, and what I look from it is that this is a great learning lesson for all of us. And that is, is that sometimes we don't know what we don't know, but there's no excuse for not knowing it. And no, you, go ahead. I'm sorry. And the last thing I was going to say, but once you recognize it's up to you to decide, now what am I going to do with it? That's the difference between being an ally and being complicit or keeping a uh, status quo. You can't shift the fence. You can't. You got to choose. Now, you make some good points because I think I started my career teaching in Brownsburg. So the majority of my students were white. And when I left, some of the white parents said to me, it's like, I'm glad my kids had a black teacher. They've never had a black teacher. That's and a right. lot of times we forget in diversity, equity and inclusion work that it's not just about seeing yourself. It's about every other group, seeing every other group in a positive and a different light. It's right. important for the white child to see stories about black people. That's not about slavery. It's important for an Asian child to see stories about uh, Latinx groups. Um, that's not about maybe immigration or things like that like seeing it in different lights. And I think a lot of times we forget about all of those different dynamics because we get so stuck. And then social media, like, oh, representation matter. And I put the hashtag all the time, right? But it's more than just representation matters for just that group. It's for like uh, everyone. And so thinking about like, so the controversy happens, the STEM summit uh, happens. What do, what things do you think was added to your um, presentation or your PD or your summit because that 
because the controversy happened? I, well, first, before I, I will answer that, first I want to say the, our conference would not have happened if it weren't for people like Alondra. So a lot of people are like, hey, you guys pivoted, you know, you're like you pivoted, you did a good job, but it was like, there was like Alondra, Dr. Blaze, George. There was a lot of people who reached out because we were like. And they reached out to, to us. us. So when you were talking about people were saying like, who are these people who agree, agreed to like, you know, join their conference? We didn't even have to reach out to them. People were just like, hey, I saw this happen. Like, how can I help? And that That's was right. the biggest learning piece from us. And like the biggest takeaway from us is that there are just some amazing people that showed us we were in a pit that we couldn't get out of and there were people who threw down a ladder and said hey i will help you get out and alondra is one of those people and so you know i just want to highlight that of like the the speakers who came in were incredible um alondra just the stuff they add, i mean it was like these people are like doctors and like smart like really really way smarter than uh we could have even imagined and just the perspective that they brought on uh, Alondra led a, an amazing lunch panel where she interviewed um, some different STEM superheroes. And it was just incredible, just her perspective and the way that it was like, we couldn't have, we couldn't have led that conversation. And it was just masterful. It was, it was so good. And in some of the presentations, like George talked about um, George. equity and, and the importance social emotional of that. Learning. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it was, it was just so good. Um, just the content got way better. Like it was a horrible, horrible experience for us, but like we wouldn't trade it because it made our summit way better. And, and not only that, we made connections with yeah. people that like Alondra, who are now like our <laughs> lifelong dearest friends that we you know, might not have connected to. And some of the craziness is that when people started tweeting at us, I had mentioned, you know, my Twitter was super white, like, and then all of a sudden all these people tweeting and I'm like, oh my gosh, this person like spoke at ISTE, like all these like yeah. crazy, amazing oh, people started tweeting at us. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like there are so many amazing people. And I just didn't, was ignorant on how to reach out to them, how to find them. And now I know more about like searching through hashtags and mm -hmm. kind of how to network a lot better, but I did. I, so like you said, Shantae, like I just, we just friended you. Like I did then, I felt like I was trying to make a connection to make sure that my social media, that I was following people that, you know, were in STEM, but didn't look like me and had different experiences. Cause I totally agree. You know, it is um, about, you know, teachers seeing themselves, you know, in their PD as well, but it's also about learning from people that don't look like mm -hmm. us and don't have similar experiences um, to us as well. So it definitely brought, um, I, I think my biggest, like just, thing that I love the most is just seeing the comments in the Facebook group, especially after the STEM superhero panel of just all the teachers talking about like, Oh, I'm going to get this book. Like I know that my students need to see these role models um, that look like them. Um, and it just, I mean, like you said, I mean, there were people that were saying like, you guys need to quit. You need to reevaluate. And I was like, well, do we need to do that? Thought about but, it. Yeah. Um, but I'm just grateful <laughs> that we did push through it. And I'm grateful oh that I know, um, I know Shantae, you talked about in your last and um, Dr. Napper, I've really appreciated too um, that you've talked about to me directly, like, Hey, it's okay. Like you are still learning, but you can still talk about race. Like it yes. just, doesn't mean that you can't talk about race. And Shantae, you mentioned that about in your last podcast about being an ally, like, you know, That's maybe right. it's not your time to lead, but there's still work that you need to mm -hmm. do. That's exactly right. I feel like we're still in the learning phase in the listening yeah, phase. The following phase. 
Um, we're, we're just following what other people are. And it's like our, for us personally, so that the summit just got way better. I mean, it was, it was magical. I mean, I couldn't believe how well it went. It was, it was crazy. And just all the speakers were just so good. And in, but beyond that, it's like, okay, where do we go from here? It's like our personal learning network just got way more diverse. So we have way more people that we can connect with and talk to on a regular basis and, mm-hmm. and, and connect and like make sure that they're one holding us accountable, but just like educating us on different perspectives has been really helpful. And, you know, I know once all this COVID's over, like one of the things, a question that had been challenged to me a couple of years ago, really, it's like, who's sitting around your table? Oh, yes. And it's like, I look forward to like having like, Shante, you come over, you can come over for dinner. It's like, we can hang out, we can talk about these things because we're local. And it's like, you know, when yes. we go yes. visit, yes. People, like who's sitting around, who are we eating meals with? And that's right. Um, you know, we want to make sure that looks different too, because it starts really in our house. And we, we want our kids, I mean, we've got a three-year-old and, or a four-year-old and a one-year-old. We want to make sure that they see a diverse amount of people in their lives. And, you know, it's, it's like kind of where we're going and what we're thinking about for the future. So, you know, that's an interesting point. One uh, last year uh, for the STEM connection, I did a PD for them on cultural responsiveness in STEM mm-hmm. and my opening activity had them. I gave a list of things like your pastor, your best friend, your spouse, um, your barber, your beautician. And you had to identify like if they look like you did not, Whole conversation like who's in your circle who's around your table so i came back this summer and did a part two and i and we reflected and i said well what stood out to you from last time and almost everybody said that opening activity they said it made them reevaluate everyone that's in your circle because if everybody's in your circle is the same as you then you're going to be in this little bubble and you're not going to have that diversity and i even think about that for myself as a black woman Everyone in my circle is not a black person. You know, I have different people that I'm inviting to my circle because I want my sons to be able to go out into the world and interact with anybody. And so like when we talk about doing the work, some of the work is like start at home, like start at like, who are you involving yourself with? Who are your friends? Because um, one of the things we talked before this episode, I talked about like, we're here. Like I always try to be crazy when people like, I can't find a black educator. I'm like, we're like right here. And like sometimes, like when you said learning how to use a hashtag, you know, putting out a call to say, hey, I'm looking for speakers, you know, um, specifically, you know, black, indigenous, people of color. You know, and when you have those hashtags, because like we're here, we want to present. We, we feel like we're experts in our area. And so we're looking for the opportunities. Many times people miss like the simple step of just asking um, yeah. because a lot of times. You'll see it and say, hey, you know, so-and-so, I know you're really good at this. I saw this hashtag. I saw this conference. You should apply to it. And so sometimes people just miss the simple step of saying, hey, I am looking for this because I don't have this in my circle right now. And then once right. you connect with that person, now not only are you connected to that person, but you're connected to their whole network. And That's so now right. it's like it, it just continues. And so there's like small little steps people can take. And I think people miss that. But then what I appreciate about Dr. Alondra and some of the other people that partnered beside you, because there's part of my work where I call out things, right? Because you have to name things, right? Because I hate people are all vague. You got to call it. But I wonder, what do people want? Do you want vengeance? Do you want revenge? Or do you want right. people to you actually want. change? Right. And that's like the part that I get frustrated about, because it's one thing to call issue. But I'm calling out the issue because I actually want the issue to change. But sometimes I feel like people the whole council culture is just like, I don't want you to change. I just want to enjoy you suffering. And for me, it's like, when I think about myself as a parent, 
ask myself as an educator, that's not being a good role model if mm -hmm. my whole purpose is just to kind of hunt and punish and go after you because we can't just say we're going to be more inclusive. We want to fight for justice and then like not give people the opportunity, the grace and the chance to learn and grow. Because if we're cutting people off from learning and growing, then we are missing out on all the things they could have done because we just like shut them down. And so like I think about what would happen if you guys, you know, and sometimes people when they get in controversy, they do go away and then they come back. Like they need to take some time and go away and come back. So I'm not going to say that that's not okay an okay option sometimes people just need to like let me reflect let me figure it out maybe not right now maybe later but at the end of the day i think people need to work through the process so mm -hmm. thinking about the process what tips will you get to other people if they find themselves making a misstep and they get called out what are some tips or are is there you would have done differently well obviously we would have had the conversation and not blocked people but I think the biggest thing is just to own it. So like for us, it was just like, yes, we made this mistake. Anytime somebody was like, you made this mistake, it was like, yes, we made it. We are sorry. We're going to make it better. And it just may sound a little simple, but I was watching this with my daughter yesterday, Daniel Tiger. about oh, Daniel. Daniel. And, he's, and he's like, he's like, say sorry. I can't remember the jingle. I should. I probably could, but I won't sing it. But it's like, you, you need to say you're sorry and then like, how can I make it better? It's essentially mm -hmm. the whole jingle they sing the whole episode in. And it's like, that's that's it's that simple. Daniel Tiger, no, it's like with any mistake, um, this one's a hot topic right now, but with any mistake you make, because we're gonna make all kinds of mistakes, with any mistake you make, you just gotta own it and say, I'm sorry. Like if I make a mistake for Carly, with Carly, it's, and it's like, I, I don't do the dishes or something, or I complain about something, it's like, I just gotta say, I'm sorry. How can I make it better? That's how I would apologize to Carly. That's how you own a mistake. Like, and Carly's gonna reference this later. <laughs> She's gonna reference that statement later. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> but it is. It's like a public. It's a lot bigger, and it's gonna hurt a lot more. And there's gonna be a lot more people that see your mistake. But you just gotta own it, and you just gotta say, you know, I accept this this feedback, and I'm gonna work on making it better. The second thing is in this. I hesitate to say this, but people who don't know you don't get to define who you are. Oh, that's powerful. And so all these people on Twitter were telling us who we were, and that was like making it hard to look at myself in the mirror. It's like, you know, pushing me into a deep depression. And then, you know, someone like Alondra comes along and says, let's have a conversation about this. And she gets to know us a little bit. And she says, you know, I'm going to, you guys own this mistake. I'm going to show you some grace. And it was like, that was healing for us. So it was like, you know, we made this mistake, we needed to own it, but then we needed to heal. And so like having other people um, who could be that for us was incredibly powerful. And we had some people at church too that we reached out to. We were part of a, a diversity group that we've joined. That's part of just expanding our network is joining this diversity group that they could speak truth to us and give us resources of like, you know, how do we how do we uh, engage with diversity? And, and that's yeah. something we recommend is like actually building friends with people that don't yeah. look like you to have that safe space, not just become friends with somebody who doesn't look like you to ask them all the questions. Like yeah. that's right. <laughs> Out, but to actually build relationships with people and create that safe space where you can say like, hey, so-and-so called me out and used this phrase and I'm not familiar with that. Like, can you, how does that phrase relate? Like, can you explain this to me? Like, I've been able to have those conversations with people that are some close friends to me and that's been helpful. 
Um, not, you know, necessarily to use them as like my go-to reference or like have them, you know, be a reference for me, like solely, like obviously we're still learning, um, but having those safe friends who don't look like you that you can ask questions mm -hmm. and bounce things off of and get their feedback. Yeah, the people who you're having around your table, I mean, it comes back to that. Who's around your table? Because if you're, you're having a meal, you're just having a conversation about what And I like to, going yeah. back to the being around your table, I think you maybe said this, Shantae, in your last thing, like not just having people at your table to have to say that you have them at your table, like actually mm -hmm. giving them, you know, an opportunity to speak and share and um be legitimate friends it's yeah, not just exactly right you know right sorry. and that's so important like to be like legitimate friends because when all this stuff started happening because i would say things like check on your friends check out your friends of color like when all this stuff was happening and then you had this pushback about like people like random people at work was checking on people that they had no relationship with <laughs> and it kind of got messy and so people started asking me like I would get like comments like, you know, from like my white friends who had other friends that were black, but I wasn't friends with them. Should I go check on them? I said, well, have you had them to your house? Normally? The, yeah. I'm like, do you normally do? If it's not a normal thing, it's kind of like odd. Um, and yeah. I have people that I solely had a business relationship with and maybe interacted with them three times that sent me check, like text and said, you know, if you need anything, I'm like, what do you mean if I need anything? It was just so weird. But because the people that I'm really close friends with that I say that's down for the cause, they're in the work, we have these conversations because we're, we're going out to dinner. We're hanging that's out right. together. So it's not like, hey, can I call you and ask you this question about this? It's like mm -hmm. it just naturally comes up in our conversation because we're spending so much time together. It's like this natural thing. But if you don't have those people in your circle, you're never going to have those natural conversations or like, if I'm out with my friends and they see like I'm being treated a certain type of way randomly, like they're like, hey, you know, they'll speak up. And it's just like so natural. It's not like mm -hmm. I have to say, oh, you see this thing happening right here. That's they right. already know it because we're around each other. Each other. Um, Dr. Yolandra, right. what yeah. advice do you have for people of color? Because, you know, there's two viewpoints on this. You have like, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to help. You know, they got to help themselves. And I say that myself, like I say, like you can't. Like a, a personal cloud can be your personal Google, right? You do have yeah. to do, you actually have to open the book and read some stuff. But what do you say to people who are just like, I don't want to help white people ever? Because you know, there are people of color that's like, I don't want to have no dealings. Yeah. Like what, what advice or thoughts do you have about that? So it's so funny you should say that because I think that um, I am a, a, a cry loud and spare not person. I'll, I'll tell you, what it is i don't care what color you are or who you come from and i had a friend um like that um and she's african-american and um i was sharing with her uh that I, there's a a, a a book that i'm working on and some research that i'm working on for teachers and principals that deals with this very topic and um i was talking to her about it and i was sharing to her with her my thought process and when i said to her one of my chapters was going to be about how to create equity warriors um um equity warrior warriors and why so it goes back to what i said earlier having a, an african-american presence or a multicultural presence doesn't have anything to do so that only white and um, only black kids can see black kids and hey asian kids can see asian kids that representation matters is so that everybody sees everybody 
but also in that in that um, recognition is that you do not diminish their contribution. And so I believe what has happened is, is because there's such a divide, that there's such entrenchedness, that there's always this us and them or they, <clears throat> excuse me. And if people don't think that there are black people that don't have bias and racist, I'm here to tell you you're wrong, okay? There are black people who absolutely uh, do not like black people, white people. They act the same way as some black, white people. Not when I say act, they're thinking, their process. And so when I shared this with her, that was her response to me. She was like, well, Alondra, I don't want to teach him anything. This is a black person. And so my response to people like her and to anybody who, whatever color you are, I, if you say it in my ear, I'm held responsible for what I respond to you. And if it is um, something where I need to find out why you're saying that so that I can understand where you're coming from, then we can find understanding and common ground, right? So when you hear people who say things like that, it's because they've had a negative experience with that group. Bottom line, everything that we do in life and in this world deals with relationships. And, and, and if anybody has a like or dislike or anger, that's a heart issue. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when someone is angry or sad or despondent or what have you, that's in their heart. And as I used to say to my kids, let that hate out. I'm from North Carolina. So let it out because it's not profitable. So when I find out from this person, as I did from her, well, I found out that she had been brutally, um, uh, been a, 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 a part of a brutal experience because of the color of her skin, you know? And so I was beginning to peel back those layers and say, but if you don't go and tell them, who will? If you don't go and be the one that says, sheds the light, who will? Somebody's got to do it. Um, even in my profession, I, I used to be a principal. Um, I, I have run the gamut. And I always wondered why when I was a principal, I used to stay in trouble. But that was because I was an equity warrior. I do not play with people's lives. Because people are precious. So as a principal, I'm sitting in that seat. I deal with all people. And yes, I dealt with teachers who were racist. And it just wasn't racist to children. They were racist to me. They racist to anybody. And it doesn't have to be white or black. They just are angry, bitter people. But the point is, is when I saw it, and as a leader, it was my responsibility to bring it to your attention. And then once I brought it to your attention, let's find this seeking first to understand and be understood. And then if we can go from there, starting a dialogue, we have now put it out in the atmosphere and you can't hide it. It's just like what happened with Carly and Adam. Those, those people on Twitter and on Twitter did them a favor and everybody else who read it. It just wasn't them. Everybody else who read that should take a lesson from it. Everybody. It just so happened 
that God used Carly and Adam to be the whipping boys. <laughs> but they did a great job and they showed up and they showed up with grace, but they showed up with that wasn't in my heart. You see what I, what I talked about heart, right? When I talked to Carly and Adam and I listened to them and I talked to them, I was like, that's not in their heart. It goes back to what Adam said. Well, who's at my table? You know, we don't always look at it like that. And sometimes it's in a, it may be intentional. Sometimes it's unintentional. And the third time, it's just like, I just won't think in that way. So now you're, you're right about the heart piece because it's like, I think sometimes people, the people that are calling out people haven't analyzed their heart and like what they right. actually want because people are saying, I want justice, I want equality, I want equity. And then they don't actually want people to work towards that. It's right. like, do you really want equity or do you just want it for yourself? And I think some people need to analyze, like, like you said about your friend, like, why did I get so angry? Why did I right. act uh, so bad to the situation? And I think about like my father and my mother, they've had so many experiences that were negative. And so sometimes we're in situations where they will have a reaction that I don't have because I don't have those experiences that they've had. Right. And so I have to remember like, why did my mom just say that? Or like, oh, I'm, I'm like, oh, I remember she told me that this happened to her. And so even with that, it's like an active like thing you have to remember to be like, hey, like, okay, I can't hold what this white person did to That's me right. against all white people. And I think sometimes when we get in this work, we are still harboring um, and I will say so myself as a teacher being completely transparent. I've had some bad experience with white educators that try to get me in trouble because I'm doing equity work. And so when I go to the next school, I'm really closed off and I keep to myself because I'm like, I know who I am. I know I'm right. going to fight for things. I know I'm going to talk about the curriculum. I know I'm going to do this. And so I get really scared of like, if I try to become friends with you, are you going to try to like attack me or throw me under the bus because so-and-so did this at this other school. And so even I have to check myself to say, Hey, this person has not done anything to me. I'm just making assumptions that this is going to happen. And so it's like an active process for all of us in this it work is. to remember to check our biases, check what's in our heart, check our experiences. Think about how is this influencing me? Why am I responding to that? Especially when you respond a certain way and the person responding back like, no, 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 that's not what that's I was not trying what I to meant. do. Like, that's not there. That's not that what I meant. And you're still right. And you're still mad. So it's like, hmm, like what do, what do I do I really want? Well, let me add um, this to Educator Barnes. Um, I may be from cut from a different cloth, but um, well, all of us are. But uh, my dad was in the military. So um, I left the United States when I was two years old. So I didn't know anything about the United States of America. I was born here, but any um, uh, rec recognition or any uh, of, of anything, you couldn't have told me that my home wasn't Germany. Okay, so my friends were from all over the world. I had French, German, uh, Italian, Vietnamese. I mean, from all over the world, and uh, and those people were my friends. When it was when we came back to the United States is when I realized that there well learned. Let me say I never knew what realized was, but I learned about racism and oppression and um, discrimination and hate and all of those things because. I was kind of like insulated in that world in that um, my friends are my friends and I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't see color. No, I want you to see my color because that's a part of my identity and my ethnicity. 
what the issue that I have when you say you see color is that you feel like it makes you feel better that if you dismiss my color, that it makes you feel better in your biases or how you feel about race. No, that's what makes me me too. You know, this is what makes me me just like at Sally in um, Charlie Brown and my naturally curly hair. You know what I'm saying? That, that makes me. But the, the, what I love about what I was able to, what my father allowed for me to do is to be immersed in diversity and culture. So when it comes to things like this, diversity and immersion is a part of who I am. So it's for me, it's easy for me to see something that happened like Carly and Adam be like, bag nabbing and bag on people. They are so racist. You know, they don't see outside themselves because it's been so ingrained. You see, it's been some things have been so ingrained that they don't they don't separate like like we just said. Well, why am I doing that? And then the other part is, is those same people that blasted Carly and Adam, they need to have some conversations with themselves and with others. They need to be vulnerable and transparent like Carly and Adam and say, hey, let's step back from this and revamp. My thing is this, after you do the work, after you recognize the bias, after you recognize what you've done and you shift it, my question is this. Are you only going to do it to get you past this very moment? Or are you going to make it a part of something that you do every single day to be that ally, to be that advocate, to call it out uh, when you see it? Because if you're only going to do it just to get by a moment, then that's all you're going to get. And, and then you are going to get disrespect because people are going to see you as not being genuine. Well, but, thinking about that, Carly and Adam, let's talk about like what what's next for you guys. How do you move? You had the STEM summit, so how are you going to plan like your summits or your opportunities moving forward based on what happened? Well, there's, I mean, obviously that's going to be a big part of it of like looking at people's backgrounds where they come from and and just what what we saw in the summit was the benefit of that because mm -hmm. of people like Dr. Napper and uh, Good trouble. The people that joined, it's like you, you guys opened our eyes just to a lot of different stuff. Uh, and so it's like going forward, it's like, yeah, we want that in every conference. We want all those different spices, as you were saying, all those different flavors, because it makes for a better meal. That's right. And, you know, as we said, like, who's sitting around our table? Well, we want it to be flavorful. You know, we want to, we want to have a variety of people and, and not just for our conference, but for our, our kids, like in our own community, like this isn't just about the summit. Like, yeah, we're going to plan those differently now with, with more thought. Um, but also just personally in our own lives, um, you know, like we're neighbors. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like crazy that, that that was just an amazing coincidence. But and then just, you know, in our church community, too, we have a we go to a really cool church that has a good diversity and a good ministry for that. That Which actually just, made this a lot harder for us because we, our church does talk about anti-racism and it just, yeah, it, we, it was like, we, we should have heard that known. term before, yeah. but it's just been, how does that translate? And I guess the thing that we're still piecing together, Shantae, is yes, obviously we're going to continue to make sure that there's representation in our summits. Um, but then, um, but we're just following, you know, it's like, I listened to your last, your last podcast was so fantastic for all your advice on it. It was so relevant for us. I was listening to it in the car and I was just like, this is so good. And I asked Carly, I said, did you listen? She's like, I saw it on Facebook. It was really good. <laughs> and, and just like, you know, just 
we're in the stage we're just following we're just learning mm -hmm. we're we're listening to people like Alondra and you and, and other people we're inviting those into our lives so that we can do people a better who job have this. been doing this work for a long time yeah we're and just we're coming alongside to. whatever we can do you know obviously a little thing we can do is obviously with our summit make sure that there's better representation I think there'll be other things we think of or that are suggested to us along the way of of how can we do a better job and we're just going to listen to those and um, i feel like a lot of the yeah. push now too is like publicly people are like well what are you doing what are you doing and i think it's a lot like for us it's more like personally in our space like i listened to um a tedx talk from dr proctor the other day and she uh, it was on transformative space and she was mm -hmm. talking about like her favorite space is like the space right next to us and we oftentimes think of like you know, well, I don't have a huge audience. Like, what can I do? And everyone has that space around you. And that's like your bubble. That's your job to impact mm -hmm. those people and to make an impact in your personal space. And so I think we're just going to keep moving forward in our professional and in our personal space, whatever that looks like. And we're still even piecing through, like, what does that look like in our personal life? What does that look like for yeah. our business? Um, to make it more equitable and inclusive but moving we're, forward. I'm just going to continue to learn. I'm, I hope we don't make mistakes, but I'm sure we will. I think that's just part of it. Like, I'm an ignorant person. <laughs> you can ask Carly. She'll tell you that I'm <laughs> just on a lot of things. I, I don't know, lots of so things. I literally, don't as we were reaching out to new presenters, Adam got on the phone with one of our new presenters and immediately said his name incorrectly yeah. right as we were getting blasted. I did. Twitter. So yeah. yeah, those things happen. Poor George. Well, yeah, I mean, mistakes happen. Like, and I, I think Dr. Lundgren agrees with this. Like, I don't feel like I arrived at some point. I feel like I still have to learn. Like, oh, yeah. there's stuff that's being recommended to me. It's like, Shantae, you should read this. You should listen to this. So every, so a lot of times when I'm recommending things publicly, it's because someone has recommended it to me and I've started mm -hmm. reading that because it's like, it's a life. I, I told her friend, I'm like, I'm gonna die with like a stack of unread books because oh my, my book <laughs> list is, I mean, there's books everywhere. Like I'm reading like all the time, but it's a whole process. And I also think about, I'm a role model for my children. So what do I want my children to do? Like, how do I want them to operate and how do I want to respond? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's the bigger picture. And then to your other point about influence your circle, I had an opportunity to speak to the superintendent of Washington Township uh, a couple, about a couple weeks ago, and I was and she was talking to me about this committee that's coming, and she said I would like for you to join it, and I said, well, let's work with the committee gets created, tell me more information, and we can go from there. But the thing I pushed back on her, I said, you know, I said. Yes, you have to deal with the big system, right? And being on these things. But I try to influence like what I can control. So like I've been like working with some of the teachers at my son's school. That's not a big thing that's gonna impact a whole bunch of other people. Mm -hmm. But those are people, these are teachers that um that uh, have my kids in their class and mm -hmm. I just loved how they did things. Uh, my son teacher last year, Miss um, um, Zare, I absolutely love her. Um, she had put something about Black History Month. Like it was like February. It was, I can't put it exactly, but she was like, you know, Black History Month is not just February. We've done things throughout the year or something like that. And that just stood out to me because like it's one thing to be like, this is what we're doing for Black History Month. It's another thing to be to name it to all parents to say like this is just 
a, a place in time like this is a whole like lifetime thing and that stood out to me and then that correlated to my son like saying that this is one of his favorite teachers and so for me it's like i want to help teachers at my son's school because that's like a local thing that i can impact if that's just me sharing a resource or me just being a thought partner Granted, that's not helping everyone everywhere, but sometimes we're so busy fighting the big system that we're missing all the little things that are down here. We're missing having conversation with family members because some people, you know, I have people that I consider really good friends who are not comfortable bringing me around their family members because of how their family members act. And they're like, I don't want them to say anything. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. part of your work is having those conversations with those family with members, family. having that conversation mm -hmm. with your grandparents, explaining things to them. So some of the work is just like that small, but it will make a big impact because if you do influence the people in your circle. Think mm -hmm. about who's in their circle and all the things uh, that could happen. Um, so yeah, I think that's just, uh, Oh, so, so, so many good points here. <laughs> now, you know, I wanted to bring Dr. Napper on. She brings the fire. I just want to listen to Alondra all day. Preach. <laughs> yes, I love it. Because yes. I want people, let me tell you, I am a person, I love love. And I love, I love God and God loves his people. And everybody belongs to God. So we cannot say we can't, I can't say I can't, I don't love Carly and Adam and love you educator barnes and i say i love god i can't do that when he said we were creating his image so for me to hate you or not love you because you're white and, and you're black and you're chinese that's that's just noise but love is my action and what's in your heart and this experience and i'm going to tell you everybody that i've talked to when we talk about stuff like this, I bring up Carly and Adam's scenario. I said, because isn't when you talk about what is it that you want? You know, you mentioned that um, educator Barnes, you're always talking, oh, they do this and do that. What are you looking for then? What do you want? Do you just want to argue about it? Do you just want to, you know, stand your picket sign up and say that you did something about it? Or are you going to go in there and do the work? Are you going to do the work? And that's what all of us are talking about. Educator Barnes said, I can do the work within my locus of control, which is my community. And guess what happens? Because all of us love science. When you drop that rock in the middle of the circle, what happens when those um, ripples go? What happens? It, get, it starts like that. But that ripple effect. Because I started here with what I can control. He didn't say, go get a boulder and throw it in there start with a pebble right start with what you can do and and make and create those spaces like carly is talking about that transform and gracious spaces that allow people to be vulnerable and even allow them to say some crazy things let them do it you know why because what did i say earlier if you got hated in let it out because the only way that you're going to get free is to find out those things that are deep down that are hindering you so that you can be. This is good work that we're doing. And it has to be done because we are affecting generations in our classrooms as educators, as principals. We are affecting generations. You are a product of a decision somebody made in their generation. Mm -hmm. And when we yeah. think about what we do is more far reaching than today. It makes your purpose. 
and your life that much more richer, that much more passionate on why you have to do it. Just that now good. That is great. Any final thoughts, Carly and Adam, before we wrap this up? I mean, Dr. Lunder kind of oh, came in I strong there at the close. I don't know if you I'm sorry. Dr. Knapper, didn't you just start a podcast? I did. We want to make sure we give you your shout out if people want to continue to get lit from you in yeah. the future. Yes, uh, thank you. I just started a podcast. It's called Encouraging Champions. Um, it's going to run on Saturdays on, at 8 o'clock. And um, I did it one time. And Carly and Adam knows I have Crohn's disease. So that's why I'm coming to you today looking like Alvin the Chipmunk because I just got out of the hospital yesterday. And they give you free jewelry. Um, so I had to skip my last one, but moving forward, it'll come on every Saturday um, and it'll stream through my personal Facebook page and also through um, my uh, business page, which is Science is Lit. Science looks like me. And then through my business page, Encouraging Champions. So we're going to try to get that ramp back up. Um, if not this Saturday, but the next Saturday, just because I just got out of the hospital. But yeah, we're real excited. Um, of course, I want everybody to come up there, and um, um, I believe we're. It's, I'm excited about it. It's something I stepped out on faith, and I have to say, Carly and Adams are, are the one who pushed me into it because when they said, Doctor Napper, can you moderate this panel? I was like, Okay, yes, I can. And then, <laughs> and then from there, it was born. So please follow me. Keep in touch with me. I'm also starting to do, I want to do a work, but I've got to talk to Carly and Adam about it uh, in the future where I want to do some book studies and webinars on, um, on equity, uh, talking about black children and their learning styles. There's a, a whole course that I'm putting together to help um, uh, teachers what from whatever race to understand when we talk about cultural responsiveness and social justice, why are we saying that? Aren't they just kids and everybody learns the same? No, they don't. And so um, I want, I'm going to, I'll talk to them about it later, but just be on the lookout for, um, uh, for that. And I'll always keep them posted as well as you. And thank you so much for having me. And Carly, Adam, go, uh, go ahead and share about your resources for our audience. You can just go Carly and Adam. We're Carly and Adam everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Follow us All right. for the, the fun stuff. They are everywhere. There won't be any more fun stuff on there. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I'm going to wrap this up, and I will put all their links underneath where this uh, will be posted so you can easily access it later. But I appreciate Carly and Adam and Dr. Laundry D. Napper um, for being on the episode today. And I hope you guys have learned something. And thanks for tuning in. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Thank you.